Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Thanks for downloading the free and ad-supported version of Cubs Pod, which is actually three daily Cubs podcasts smashed into one episode. But Cubs Pod is actually a daily Cubs podcast, which is released every single day during the Cubs season on our Patreon page, completely ad-free at patreon.com slash sunranto. In fact, you'll get all Sunranto shows early and ad-free on our private premium RSS feed. Plus, you'll get access to our private Discord group where we host game watches and Cubs fan chats with the Super Ranters. Join us for as little as $1 at patreon.com slash sunranto. Please support independent Cubs media like us, and subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. We can't do it without you. Thank you. And enjoy this version that is ad-supported of Cubs Pod. It is May 24th. And this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of Cubs content coming to you from the Bleacher Bunch Productions for the Fans First Network. Follow Fans First Network and Bleacher Bunch Productions on your favorite podcatcher. The Cubs returned to Wrigley Field last night to host the Mets, who are currently, or were currently the hottest team in the league, having won five straight games coming into Wrigley. They were hot, but Wrigley cooled them off. It was Drew Smiley up against Tyler Meagle uh, in this one. And oddly enough, despite the difference in the scores, the starting pitchers had Pretty similar lines. Smiley went five innings, got the win, uh, gave up four hits, two runs, two walks, five strikeouts, and one home run to Pete Alonso. But 
lots of people are giving up home runs to Pete Alonso. McGill's line, uh, only 3.2 innings, six hits, six runs, two walks, five strikeouts, two home runs. So, you know, the, it, it's funny when you just look at the numbers, how you can see, uh, you know, it's like one extra hit uh, against McGill and, you know, but what else is happening on the field? Obviously, there were two runs unaccounted for because uh, there was the rare left fielder error in this game. And the Cubs were putting guys on base and actually bringing them in with those hits which, as we all know, has been a bit of a struggle for them this year. Of course, uh, Seiya Suzuki got things going, and he needed nobody on base to drive in a run because in the first pitch he saw in this game, he took it straight out to dead center. Uh, People a little bit worried about Seiya Suzuki going into, you know, like that twin series. But since May 14th, so over the last 10 days, Seiya Suzuki has hit five home runs. Uh, Two of those came in one game, uh, but the power everybody thought was there or should be there seems to be showing up. He's hitting the ball really well. He looks very comfortable out there right now. So not exactly sure what was going on early in the season. Could just be early in the season. Maybe he's a little bit of a slow starter. We don't know a ton about Seiya Suzuki, but we know he's on now, and I'm loving that. But I love even more kind of what happens next. Uh, Morell comes up to bat because Morell was hitting in the fifth spot, I believe, in this game. Which, you know, that five or six spot seems to be a pretty good spot for him in the lineup. Uh, But he came up after Suzuki and took a walk. Yes, Christopher Morrell does walk. The kid's got an eye. Uh, We know this because he crushes balls. He can see it coming in. It's just that he knows he can get to a lot of those balls and do some damage. But he waited Sat, took some pitches against Miguel, and took a walk. Good to see. Uh, Even better to see is that he eventually made his way around to third base. Cubs had two outs, a guy on third. That is just ripe for a strikeout and leave him sitting there. But Jan Gomes uh, bounces one off of home plate that uh, third baseman Brett Beatty just really couldn't handle that well. He had to run in on it. It was like a swinging bunt, essentially. But it scored Morell from third, which is awesome. Runner on first. Morell came in. Still two outs in this inning. And then Matt Mervis. Mash Mervis uh, seems to, you know, maybe he's starting to figure out it a little bit. You know, it's almost as if you would have brought him up earlier and given him a little bit of time, he might have started feeling a little bit more comfortable at the plate a little bit earlier. But uh, Mervis went opposite field. Went over to left field with a shot and uh, hit his first home run at Wrigley, his second of the year. And with that... Cubs are up 4 nothing early in this game off of some uh, really good hitting 
Mets get one back in the fourth when Pete Alonzo, the league leader in home runs, crushed a ball uh, behind the bleachers. Yeah, he hit the ball into the opening in left center field. So the ball landed and just probably surprised somebody standing back there coming back from getting a beer or something. But not a big deal. A solo shot doesn't do too much damage when you get the other three guys in the inning out and you get out of there still leading 4-1. But then the Cubs tacked on a couple more thanks to our old friend Tommy Pham. Mike Talkman let off the inning and hit a ball out to left field that Pham caught and then dropped like it in his glove looks like a catch and then it just pops out and hits the ground. They actually gave him an error on the play because I mean, they should give outfielders errors more often. It's pretty rare that they do it, but man, like it, it was clearly an error. He caught the damn ball and then it just slipped right out of his glove. So, so weird. You don't see it very often, but Talkman gets to second base on the play Wisdom and Gomes both strike out, and it feels like it could be another one of those runners in scoring position, two outs, nothing happens, except for Mash Mervis is feeling it, and he rips a ball into right field for a single. Uh, Starling Marte tried to throw the ball in to catch Talkman, who is running home really late. I don't even, I'm not really even sure why he went for that, but he threw it home. Uh, Mervis decided to try and stretch the single to a double on the throw. Miguel cut the ball off, threw it to second. They get the tag and the out, or do they? They challenged the call, and Mervis actually slid in behind the tag and just made it. So, you know, the kid not only getting hits, uh, making things happen on the base pass, getting in there. Then, uh, you know, then it's time for the top of the order. Nico Horner hits the ball to Lindor. Lindor makes an off-balance throw. They don't give him an error on that, but he, he pulled Alonzo off of first base so that Nico Horner was safe. And then you get Dansby Swanson singling and bringing home Mervis on the, on the hit. And that was all they wrote for Tyler McGill in this game. Uh, you know, he was a victim of some kind of bad defense uh, on his team's part. But then, uh, yeah, so Dominic Leone comes in, half walks, Suzuki grounds out the end of the inning, but the Cubs have a 6-1 lead at this point. Now, we have been conditioned as Cubs fans this season to not be happy with a 6-1 lead. Uh, it can all go away. And in the sixth inning, it looked like that might happen. Drew Smiley comes out and just can't buy an out. For whatever reason, whatever he's been doing in this game, stopped working in the sixth inning. Brandon Nimmo singled. Eduardo Escobar singled. Francisco Lindor walked. And now we got bases loaded, no outs, and Ross goes to the bullpen. But surprisingly... He brings out Estrada in a messy situation. Now, you know, when you've got a 
five-run lead. I'm not exactly sure how that works out in the numbers for whether it's a high leverage or whatever. It was definitely, at the minimum, it was like mid-high leverage because bases loaded, no outs, and you bring the kid in. Finally, let's see what he can do with some stress on him. And, hey, guess what? Surprise, surprise, Estrada did well. Maybe they should have been using him in more spots like this earlier. Not only are the bases loaded, but the first batter that Estrada has to face is Pete Alonso, the league leader in home runs. So, I mean, this could go south real quick. But uh, Alonso, you know, hits into a fielder's choice. Uh, the Mets do score on that play. But then it's all over after that. Vogelbach flies out and Marte grounds out. Estrada gets out of the inning and the Cubs still have a four-run lead. And then in the seventh, Cubs fans got what they paid for. Nobody pays those high-ticket prices to see Christopher Morrell walk. As great as that is for, you know, sort of people who watch the game and they know what that means, that he's being, you know, productive at the plate even if he's not hitting he's not striking out like he's not chasing all those great things you pay the money to see Christopher Morrell hit dongs and the kid comes through the ninth home run in only 12 games this season hmm wonder what he was doing down in Iowa oh he hit 11 there his 20th home run for him on the season, of course, the first 11 won't count, but it, it doesn't look like Morrell's going to let that stop him. I mean, good gosh, he's just crushing the ball, crushing the ball. If they could just give him a spot in the field, look, I, I'm an advocate of just putting him at third and letting him work platoon DH third with Patrick Wisdom all day long. I'm not sure why they're not letting him do that, but whatever. You know, he's taken every opportunity wherever he's playing in the field. Uh, last night, he was the DH, and he is hitting dogs. And, of course, everybody's talking about how exciting this is. He hit five home runs in five games. Nobody's done that since Sammy Sosa. You know, let's put this into a little bit of little bit better perspective so you can understand what this kid's doing right now uh patrick wisdom leads this team with 12 home runs right he is tied for the 10th spot in the major leagues with those 12 home runs that is actually really good for him like it's that's a good start to a season he has played in 42 games and he's got 12 home runs Christopher Morrell has 12 games and he's hit nine home runs. So in 30 more games and almost a hundred more at bats, uh, you know, Patrick wisdom has, has worked out three extra home runs, but let me tell you who else in the league Morrell is hanging out with right now. So uh, now all these guys have at, have like, 36 to 37 looks like more games than Christopher Morrell. Nolan Arenado has nine home runs. Freddie Freeman has nine home runs. Paul Goldschmidt has nine home runs. Juan Soto 
has nine home runs. I mean, we're talking, these are the names in the league. These guys are the ones that we expect to be doing this. And he's caught them. He has caught them in such a short time. Kids on a mission. And I, I said yesterday on the discord, I think that, uh, I think he's going to take down the Cubs rookie home run record like in July. I said by July 4th, that's probably a bit optimistic because that, that would be 16 more home runs in just under a month and a half. It's definitely possible, but that doesn't happen very often, but it would be great to see finishing out this game. Uh, Coming in after Mary or after Estrada was Merriweather, I I don't know. He's he he could be good, but he's just not getting it done. I don't know what exactly he needs. I'm not an expert, even though I play one on this podcast. But he got two strikeouts, but then he also gave up two hits, and he only lasted point two innings. You know, he couldn't get out of the inning that he was in. Uh, luckily, Lighter came in. He got out of that inning. He got through the next inning. And even Fulmer finished out this game. Now, granted, he had a five-run lead. Uh, so it was, you know, kind of easy going. But he didn't give up anything. So that's good, at least. I don't know. Despite the win and despite them not scoring again in this game, that was still a little bit, you know, Merriweather made things a little bit nervous there for a second. But all's well that ends well, right? I guess. Look. What did we learn in this game? We we learned what most of the fans have already known. You don't get a good team by picking up one year washed out guys and seeing if you can squeeze one more good season out of them or whatever. You you get it by taking the guys that you think are going to be your core and getting them out there to find out if they're going to be your core. In this game, this what I love most about this game was the guys who ran this game and, and got the Cubs to a win were the guys that we need to do this stuff. Say a Suzuki, right? He's here for a while. He's supposed to be part of that core. Dansby Swanson had an RBI. That's a guy. Horner got a hit. Morell and Mervis becoming the mash brothers that we're looking for. Estrada and Leiter Jr. in the bullpen had really good outings. That's what we've all been clamoring for. That's what we want to see. We didn't want to see Hosmer for a month and a half. We don't really care about Mancini. It now I'm not gonna say like it's fine to have Mancini on there as to help Mervis make the transition or whatever, but you know what? Mancini needs to have as Mervis gets better at the plate Mancini's playing time needs to go down Morrell needs a position on this team someplace that he knows he's going to play all the time third base him and wisdom you know and wisdom is honestly like he is actually what people were worried Morrell was going to be high strikeout rate but he does hit donks and look, and that's fine. You can have a guy like that on the team. You know, you don't want to have too many of them. And Christopher Morell is a bit of that guy too. But right now he's hitting 367, you know, 
small sample size, of course, and he's on a freaking tear. That will come back to earth a little bit. But I think what we're seeing is give him the opportunity and he'll take the opportunity to do great things for this club. So, you know, DH should be hitting dongs. If you're going to have the stupid position, then use it for what it's used. It's supposed to be used for. Come on. So, you know, I'm going to keep banging on the table until the Cubs front office finally decides they're going to let Morrell learn to play third base in the major leagues. He is so athletic. He can play anywhere on the field, but apparently he can't play third for some reason. That's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Anyway, let's get back to the positives. This is what we're looking for. We're looking for Horner and Swanson and Hap and Suzuki and Morell and Mervis. Wisdom a little bit. You know what I mean? Like these are the guys that you build around and you need to get them out there playing most days. They so that they can get better and drive this team. You will not do that if you just keep putting one-year guys out there who next year are going to be gone. Like, you you can't build anything, you know. You, so, Bellinger, Bellinger is a perfect example. He's not in right now. He's hurt. He's having a resurgent year. I like what Bellinger is doing. If they lock him up, That'll be odd because they seem to have guys waiting to come up to center field. But if they lock him up, then yeah, you can you know build on him with the season he's had. But if he just leaves, then what does it matter that he was good for you for one year? Now you just have to get a new guy. I have been. I I just I want the kids to play. I want to see what they can do. We keep hearing that we have great prospects everywhere it's time to see it and i think in this game we saw a little bit of what that core could do now let's let that keep playing out and quit messing with this damn lineup okay i have taken a danny rocket sized chunk of your time and i'm gonna stop now and hopefully the cubs can get another game tonight i know i'll be watching if this is the type of lineup they're going to put out there, because these are the guys I'm excited about seeing. That's it for me. I am out at home. Danny will be back with you tomorrow. Spagog. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. 
you can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But Super Ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. Your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs. On May 25th, 2023, if I sound a little funny today, it's because yesterday I had sinus surgery and I'm currently recording this podcast with a giant piece of gauze underneath my nose. Uh, My left nostril is plugged up as can be and, uh, well, it's kind of dripping here and there, so if I sound like that, that is why if I don't sound my normal self... Uh, that's why. But uh, I boy, did I l- enjoy listening to last night's game as I came off my anesthesia, which lasted almost the whole day until I started feeling some pain. And uh, it, with the game starting at 640, that's, that's a good, I don't know, almost 10 hours of <laughs> anesthesia fun. Uh, but I really enjoyed listening to the game, uh, not with Pat and Ron, because I don't know where the heck they are. Uh, they've been off for quite a bit, I think four games, uh, with no word from anybody what's going on. I'm sure Pat and Ron know where they are, but nobody else does. So I snuggled in to the radio and uh, Miguel Esparza and Jorge Moreno and listened to them the entire game. Um, my Spanish work is really paying off because I understood just about everything that they said. They give me shouts out when I tweet at them at the on the broadcast uh, just because we all know each other and stuff. But it's still really cool. It's a great uh, – if, if you're at an intermediate level of Spanish, I highly suggest tuning into them. Um, maybe even if you're not, if you just want to kind of accustomize yourself – to the Spanish language a little bit better. It's worth listening to. Maybe you pick up a word here and there, watch the game day so you know what's going on, and then you'll start putting things together little by little. I mean, that's how, kind of how it started for me. Um, you get used to their voices, and then you understand them better, and a lot more words will pop out for you. And I just highly recommend it as a way to practice Spanish if uh, that's something that you're doing. Well, uh, I think I would have enjoyed this game a lot less, though, 
if Marcus Stroman wasn't out there basically wowing the entire city of Chicago and our Cub fans everywhere as that sanker was sanking. And uh, the gold glove was on display, uh, making amazing plays off the mound, and uh, like a no hesitation double play. The Cubs turned three double plays last night. The defense was awesome. Uh, But really, the the story of this game was Marcus freaking Stroman. And it's really going to be so sad when they trade him at the trade deadline just because he has a stupid option. Instead of working some deal out with, with him and making him part of the next great Cubs team, where you have him here, the Cubs have shown themselves to be a team that doesn't do that. And they won't pay big money, and that he's worth big money right now. Last night, I was texting with Uncle Mike, big Mets fan. If you'd missed the Sun Ranto show, you never heard him on there. Huge Mets fan. He called Marcus Stroman an ace, and he really misses him on the Mets. And I have, I have just a fear that we're going to have the same feeling when he's pitching for, I don't know, the Brewers next year as rain comes through their broken roof. Um, yeah, don't, and I doubt they'll pay the money either. They're, that's even less their MO, but. Still, I love Marcus Stroman, even if he does say stupid crap on Twitter sometimes. He is one of the my favorite pitchers that I've seen in a Cubs uniform really within the last decade. Um, so give him a good team because he could be a star if he had it was on a good team. But he, he was awesome in this game. Uh, he only pitched 88 pitches. Uh, he was only at 69 pitches after seven innings. He went, ended up going eight. He probably could have got out there for a ninth, but in a close game, Grandpa Lossie wasn't going to chance it, and he put his best reliever out there, who unfortunately is Mark Leiter Jr., but he did get all three he faced, and I guess he's the closer because he's just got a lot of movement on his pitches, and even though he's not throwing the gas, it's been very effective this year. You got to play the hot hand when you don't have a real guy. So, but a real guy might be coming. I saw Cody Hoyer hitting 98, um, about ready to to break. Uh, I think he's just about eligible to come off the IL, which that's going to make a huge difference, sliding everybody around in that pen, especially if he's effective and can stay healthy. Um, very cool stuff. Um, I like how things are shaping up. Especially, well, I just feel good after last night. And maybe there's still a little bit of the anesthesia rolling through my veins that's uh, making me feel a little bit happier than usual. But uh, yeah, Stroh was awesome last night. Um, Sanga, for example, the, and his ghost fork for the Mets, 106 pitches through five. Once again, Stroh, 69 pitches through seven. That's nice. Uh, four hits, two runs, two walks, three Ks. His ERA is now under three. It was the Stroh show through and through, that is must-see TV or must-listen-to radio or much-watched highlights in my uh, situation, um, but just so awesome. So let's get into some of what happened in this game offensively. The Cubs did waste a, quite a few opportunities in this game. The scores probably should have been higher than 4-2, to two. Uh, probably should have won by more, and in that case, Stroh probably does go the full nine innings. But, uh, yeah, it's only two for 11 with runners in scoring position. As a team, they left 10 on base. They uh, took a fair amount of walks in this game. Uh, They had two on in a lot of these innings um, and couldn't cash them in. Uh, You know, that's where the two for 11 comes from in the the final, uh, you know, a tally of everything. But uh, the... 
the, it started out early that they were wasting opportunities. There were two on and no outs. And then Morel struck out. And this was in the second inning. Morel struck out. And then uh, Mervis hit 106.1 mile per hour out to 300 feet to right field. And then Tucker Barnhart uh, rolled out. So th- th- you had your opportunities there. And then, of course, and I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these games, isn't it? Because the Mets put up two the very next inning as Francisco Alvarez, their eight hitter, um, homered uh, with um, Mark Canha on board. So all of a sudden it's two nothing. I was like, oh, yep, see, you wasted an opportunity. Then you give up the lead. And now here goes the game. It's going to be serious, going to be tied one to one. This is the conditioning that I have come to expect in uh, my Cub fandom, really. Uh, but that would be incorrect for me to assume that bad things were going to happen because in the bottom of the third, the Cubs took the lead when Horner walked, Dansby doubled, making it two to one. With two outs in the inning, Say it doubled, Dansby scored and tied the game, and then Tachman, with a clutch single, uh, scored Dansby, and the Cubs took the lead and never looked back. But as I mentioned, the Cubs did threaten quite a bit in this game. Uh, in the fourth, walks to Mervis and Barnhart. And when you walk Tucker Barnhart uh, and there's nobody out, you deserve a crooked number to be put up against your team. But that's especially with the top of your order coming up. But the top of the order was Nico Horner, who struck out. Uh, Miles Mastroboni then popped out, and he was batting second. I saw a lot of consternation about that, which I understand because it hasn't really worked out for him. He's walked a bunch recently, but the bat has not been there. He's batting, let's see, under. it's definitely under 200. Uh, yeah, 167. 508 OPS, like, took two walks, though. So that a lot of his – he's got more walks. I think it's actually even. I think he's got six walks and six hits on the year. But the OBP just isn't there to justify him batting second. And I understand, like, give him some chances on this team. But uh, – and, you know, him or Madrigal, I mean, you're making me miss Nick Madrigal? Like <laughs> – you can only do that with Miles Mastroboni. I mean, I don't know why this guy gets a freaking million chances. I understand he's a lefty. They were the the lineup did not look great yesterday because of that. You know, Barnhart in there, batting lefty. Um, you know, you just and with Belly out, you kind of got to do that, I guess. But sometimes I'm just like, does the handedness really matter? I mean, I can see why you're sitting wisdom right now. He's been super cold in his streakiness, but. You know, when you got an OBP of 286, you shouldn't be batting second in any league, <laughs> like even little league. You know, put that kid down the lineup. So, but you know, he he was effective enough taking his walks, but it just seemed like a little black hole in the second spot. But I understand why you wouldn't want a bunch of automatic outs in the in a row in the bottom of the lineup. So even though Horner uh, struck out in the fourth, in the sixth, he managed to homer. And he put the Cubs up. It was a solo shot, so he put the Cubs up 4-2. to two, And that's where the score stayed. And then it was just pretty much smooth sailing from there on in. As I said, the, anytime the Mets got anything going on, which wasn't very often, uh, they, they grounded into a double play. Three of them. Uh, 15 groundouts in this game versus only three flyouts. And um, 
Yeah, the Cubs were really effective. It was a colder night there at Wrigley Field, as it will be tonight. Only 51 degrees, wind blowing in. And because of that, the uh, the game went quite quickly. Two hours and only 19 minutes finished this one off. So very effective. And uh, I was able to go to bed pretty darn early after this one because this game was over by 9 o'clock. Yeah, it was. So, um, of course, that meant I was up at 1 a.m. So, what I've been, it's, it's right, just full disclosure, it is 4.51 in the morning, and I have been awake for three hours listening to, <laughs> to Noam Chomsky and, and uh, podcasts about uh, World War I. So, just trying to get some more sleep, tried some boring stuff. It's not working. So, I'm just like, ah, let's get up and record the Cubs pod. Why the hell not? It is my turn. And tonight, uh, I probably will not attend this game as well. Uh, it's going to be cold again. And the big news, and I've totally buried the lead for this Cubs podcast, is that Kyle Hendricks is coming back. And I would love to go see this game, but it's probably just a little bit too early after the surgery to get out there. Um, but I would love to go welcome Kyle back. But I'm not going to do it when it's like in the low 50s and cold. And I just had surgery yesterday. So I'm going to make... That executive decision, unless by some magical form of uh, miracle, I am able to, uh, I don't know, just feel a hell of a lot better than I do right now. So Carlos Carrasco, the former Cleveland Indian, now the Guardians, uh, we know we we know he's been around for a long time. Like he he's been he he's been pitching since the aughts. If that gives you an idea how many years he's got in the league, um, and uh, but not many games in the league this year. He was out from April fifteenth to May nineteenth, where he made his first start against his former team, uh, the Cleveland Guardians, um, in which he did not do very well on May nineteenth. Uh, he gave up uh, five runs on five hits, a home run, uh, only three strikeouts, two walks. And uh, before he was injured, he was doing pretty poorly, too. Uh, he gave up five runs through four, six runs through 4.2. And um, he barely beat Oakland. <laughs> it was so on April 15th. So that's not good. Um, yeah, Carrasco, probably a little bit long in the tooth to be effective. He's 36 years old, but has a lot of experience. And uh, we'll see what he's going to try to do to us tonight. Um the Cubs don't have a heck of a lot of experience against Carrasco in their current form. Swanson has seen him the most. He's got a double in 10 tries and a walk, actually, too. Um, three Ks. Tugger Barnhart, has he probably won't play this game, but uh, I, I know that uh, Kyle likes throwing to Gomes, so Gomes will be in there. Uh, Tucker Barnhart, Two for eight anyway, in case you see him off the bench, which I will also highly doubt being the only backup catcher. Ian, nobody has homered off of him. Ian Happ has a double of his two hits. Just not much to see. Horner's two for three. A lot of, you know, one for three, two for three. Morell walked. That's almost more ex <laughs> more exciting. But yeah, not a lot here. Just looks like a gamer. Two of experience against Carlos Carrasco. So not much to pull apart here. I got really no advice on to how to gamble this one. Uh, 
it's going to be cold. So take the under, maybe. Kyle Hendricks has been in Iowa rehabbing. We haven't seen him since last July in a Cubs uniform at Wrigley Field. And um, didn't go all that well for him in Iowa, but I don't think you can really make hide nor hair of any of these stats because he's down there just trying to get back. And it's kind of like spring trading where I just don't think you could read much into the stats. Um, but it is competitive baseball, and he had a 575 ERA down there. Most of that pretty much front-loaded from uh, an, like his first game was was just laying it in there, throwing fastballs as hard as he could, which was probably about 85 miles per hour at the time. So um, anyway, uh, he did actually have a lot of strikeouts, 20.1 innings, 20 strikeouts versus six walks. He had a 1.328 whip. He gave up a, about a home run per nine, which is lower than it was when he, in 2021, he was gave up a heck of a lot of home runs at 1.5 home runs per nine. I mean, this is, I mean, let's take this back to like when he, in his 2016 year, when he was like, his home runs per nine were like 0.7, you know, it's like you're giving up or even further back. Well, I don't know. He was, he's about a one home run per game kind of guy. But, you know, when you see that going to one and a half, that's a 50% raise in your home run rate. So anyway, that's something to look for. I don't think he's going to go more than he'd have to be really efficient to go five. He's definitely on a pitch count. So it really has everything to do with that as opposed to the Cubs actively winning this game. In fact, like, you know, we won the first two. The meatloaf might be eaten tonight just for stupid reasons. But I would like uh, the Cubs to go out there and actually pinch off this series is what I would actually like to see happen at this point uh, because we had, we haven't had a sweep this year. And to do it against the team that has sco- spent the most money in baseball would be freaking beautiful. And uh, I don't know, call me crazy. I feel like we deserve it. Um, we're good fans. We've been showing up to this stuff. And uh, it's not good enough for us to be showing up as much as we do. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So let's get another W tonight. Um, yeah. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, I was talking about him, but uh, I did not give you the stats against him. Quite a bit of experience. Uh, Starling Marte, I believe, is out. So forget him. But Tommy Pham has seen him the second most for all those years that he's been in the NL and with the Cardinals and stuff, and he's got two home runs, two home runs against Kyle. Uh, he's seven for twenty-two, and that's a three eighteen average and a nine thirty-nine OPS. Uh, Omar Devaez, uh does terribly against him, so bet against him to get a hit. Point: He's got one hit and seventeen tries. And only a couple walks. Eduardo Escobar does well. Daniel Vogelbach does well. Um, Michael Perez has a home run. Jeff McNeil has a home run. So um, overall, though, it's the mixed bag actually is pretty good in the Cubs' favor. Only a 685 OPS overall in 129 plate appearances. And uh, yeah, so... Pete Alonso, for example, 0 for 6. Francisco Lindor, 0 for 6. Never had a hit off the guy. So I like our chances with – we just got to get – Kyle's got to focus <laughs> on getting out Tommy Pham. 
and and Eduardo Escobar. If you could do that, I think it's full full speed ahead. And oh, and Dan Vogelbach, Daniel Vogelbach's five for eleven and with a double, which was probably a triple that Daniel Vogelbach turned into a double. It's going to be cold again tonight, so bring a jacket or two, layer up, and get out to Wrigley Field and welcome back our man Kyle Hendricks. We're about to turn this season around, friends. And, uh, well, anyway, I'm going to be performing, hopefully, I think I'm up for it, uh, performing on at Cafe Tola at 2 p.m. at Sandra Marchetti's Aisle 228 book reading. So make sure you come on out to that. Uh, working hard on the Bleacher Bum Band album, so look forward to that. Um, I'll see you in the Discord tonight because I won't be at the game. Uh, if I'm feeling up to it, I'm going to turn it into a game watch, and we could all hang out on there live on the on the channel. So, all right, that's probably that's probably it for me. So, uh, Michael, will get you tomorrow. I'll tell you how this all ended up, and uh, also preview the following series with the Cincinnati Reds, which um, maybe I get Billy DeVore's opinion on this at least uh, at, at least on the Discord. So. Thank you so much for being a Patreon member and supporting us here at Sunranto. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Spugog. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t-shirts from In The Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Dansby say a morel too. Clark fly in his double U. Cody Bellinger smoking dudes, vintage shirts from days of old, Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your stroke. Temper set off with the code. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. In the clutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at In The Clutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. It is May 26th, and this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of disastrous Cubs content brought to you by the Bleacher Bunch Productions and the Fans First Network, and of course, the Sunranto Show. I'm Michael Cotton, and I will be directing you through this travesty of a game. The big news was that Kyle Hendricks finally came back after having some shoulder issues last year and getting shut down in, I think, July. And then spending, you know, so much time rehabbing and getting back to where he can pitch at the big leagues again. But before I get to talking about him, let's talk about the Cubs offense. There really wasn't any. Dansby Swanson hit a home run in the first inning, a solo shot. Uh, which was, you know, nice. Uh, It was his fifth on the year. 
Good to see Dansby hitting some bombs. He will not hit a ton of them, but, you know, every so often he hits some. It's good. It's fun. You know, I like Dansby, but that's not necessarily his game. Uh, so it's always nice when you see a little bit of it come out. Unfortunately, no one else could solve the riddle that was Carlos Carrasco. Carlos Carrasco went 6.2 innings in this game. Yes, he went deep into the seventh inning, and the Cubs could not score at all. It was terrible. Carrasco gave up five hits and two walks in this game. Uh, He only had four strikeouts, but everybody just kept hitting the ball on the ground, like just or just badly. Nobody could get any real good wood on it, I guess. And Carrasco dropped his ERA from like 8.6 to 6.75 yeah one game did that for him and apparently the Cubs were happy to oblige and be that team that would not be able to hit against Carrasco and to be fair they couldn't hit against the bullpen either uh not uh, Adam Ottavino came out for one out that was no big deal uh but Hunter through two innings only gave up one hit he had one walk and two strikeouts, but yeah, the Cubs could do nothing against anybody throwing a baseball in a Mets uniform last night. This was especially frustrating for me because I actually did kind of like how this lineup was constructed. Um, out, You know, look, I would have liked to have Bellinger in there, but you got Talkman backing him up and the way it looked, looked good to me. I don't know, but the guys just did not perform against the against Carrasco okay let's get to Kyle Hendricks so Hendo went out there and pitched 4.1 innings um he had here here's the thing he gave up five runs three of those uh they say were earned um he had two walks he gave up six hits but he did have five strikeouts It was not necessarily a bad outing for him. He was in there a little too long. Now, I hate saying that because he only threw 86 pitches, but this was a little bit different start than maybe some of his other ones would be. It's his first one back, right? So I'm not real sure why Ross put him back out there in the fifth. This, again, gets to Ross's, like, ability to register what's going on with his pitchers or understand the situation, I guess. I mean, what I could see, what I saw, what kind of made me a little bit frustrated. Third inning, uh, you know, Hendricks had two outs, and then all of a sudden guys started hitting the ball real hard against him. And then in the fourth inning, Hendo got another two outs, and in that third out, was a very hard-hit ball that Seiya Suzuki took off and tracked down and made a pretty spectacular catch to record the third out. But, I mean, that, again, it just felt like maybe Hendricks was getting a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little bit unfocused after those first two outs in those innings. Maybe it was a little bit of a... you know, just getting tired being out in the, you know, that long. It's his first start back. He hasn't thrown that many pitches. 
So to get through his fourth inning, he had 72 pitches, which, by the way, all last year and the year before, like they never let him go past like 92 pitches. When he's perfectly healthy and he's been pitching all year long and he's strong and everything's good, like 92 pitches is where they generally call it quits for him. So he's only 20 pitches from that in only four innings. So it's a, so he's laboring out there a little bit and then Ross puts him back out there for the fifth inning. He throws 86 pitches in this game. 86 his very first game back from not pitching for months and months and months and months and they they have him out there for 86 pitches. Well, it didn't go well. I thought at times he looked really good. I thought like he, some of his stuff was, you know, fooling guys and, and it was nice, but then, you know, you get a little bit tired in the end of the inning and guys start to square the ball up a little more and you got, as a manager, you got to be paying attention to that. And outside of that, look, I'm not a pitch count guy, but I do understand when somebody is coming off of an injury and they're making their first start of the year, you might have a pitch count somewhere around the 60s, right? Because why would you go a long time with a guy who just came back from injury and is out there for the first time of the year? And look, Hendricks pitching did not lose the game for him. That was the offense's fault. You can't win baseball games if you don't score. That's just facts, people. And, uh, you know, and Hendricks doesn't get to hit anymore. So he can't help with that. I don't know. I just felt like maybe he shouldn't have come out there for the fifth inning. But, hey, those are decisions made in the moment. I don't know what's going on out there. Maybe Hendricks was just saying, hey, I have to go out there again. I really want to get out there and do more and whatever. But it felt to me like 72, 73 pitches would have been enough to have for your first night out. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. That wouldn't be the first time, but it just seemed like Hendricks was not done necessarily, but it just would have been a good time to sit him. Of course, leaving guys in too long was a theme for the night, I guess, because Rucker went out there in the sixth, got through the sixth fine, but then for some reason he stayed in for the seventh and then the eighth. In the seventh inning, uh, the Mets scored two. And then they let him go back out there for the eighth and the Mets scored three and they had to bring Assad out to rescue Rucker. So I, so Assad has to get that last out in the eighth and then he doesn't come out for the ninth. Look, I know you want to save your bullpen, but why not let Assad, who is just back, get another inning? Like 1.1 innings won't make him done for tonight's game like he could still pitch after 1.1 innings so I'm not real sure why they decided to only have him get the one out and then replace him with Tucker Barnhart and of course Tucker Barnhart uh whatever he's the backup catcher and sometimes your backup catcher is put out there to pitch uh they were down 10 to 1 I don't know I'm I'm not necessarily, 
you know, against putting in somebody right there instead of burning your bullpen. I get it. I'm I'm okay with that. But again, I feel like Assad might have been able to use that very, very low leverage opportunity to throw a few pitches. But I don't know. I will throw in here, highlight on the Mets side, uh, Pete Alonso hit a home run against uh, Rucker. So, you know, he, and, and I only say it because he's the league leader right now. He's got 19 home runs already this season. That's a pretty good clip. Uh, Pete Alonso, man, that guy can just, he can just rip it. Let's move on to today's game. And yes, it is a day game. Finally, after so many night games, I'm ready for some day baseball. Thank goats for the Chicago laws that don't allow the Cubs to play night games on Fridays or something like that. I'm not sure what the real rule is or the law is, but we get 120 games every Friday and I am here for it. It's the perfect day. Everybody's kind of sloughing off it's right before a holiday weekend nothing's happening at work all of us can kind of listen to the radio and kick back and you know maybe if you got tv in your office you can kind of watch the game like oh god i love day baseball and you know like i said luckily we get at least once a week usually once a week when they're at home day baseball we get to see wrigley in the sunshine it's a beautiful sight the Cubs will be facing the Reds, who are currently 21 and 29. They have a 420 winning average. Nice. I guess that's not nice. 469 would be nice. Um, 420, I'd say, wow, that seems high. No, no, that doesn't work either. Whatever. Fuck it. I'll workshop it. Uh, but the Reds are in last place with the 21 and 29 record uh the cubs are in third place for a, just a quick second there they were behind the cardinals and now they're back in front of the cardinals they were in, are basically they're in a virtual tie uh bouncing back and forth with st louis cubs have a 449 winning percentage and the cardinals have a 442 winning percentage so so i guess what i'm saying is there's not much uh, separating these two teams. Uh, the Cubs have a 22 and 27 record. Uh, the Reds, like I said, 21 and 29. So it's only one more win that the Cubs have. Both teams are three and seven over their last 10 games. And they both lost yesterday or whenever the Reds last game was, which was probably yesterday. On the mound from the Reds, we are getting the ridiculously named Hunter Green. And uh, it's even more ridiculous that he plays for the Reds. I don't know. I, I might be the only person that sees that and just sort of has a giggle. But every single time, I'm just like, really? Your parents named you after a color from the 64 crayon box? Anyway, he's going up against Justin Steele. And uh, Justin has a normal name uh, outside of Steele. You know, it's not like they named him fucking harden or something <sighs> i think i've i've cussed twice in this uh and i think i'm not supposed to do that for the cubs pods these are supposed to be family friendly so i apologize if you're listening with your kids right now uh i'll do better in the future i am not doing any editing though you're just gonna have to live with it um 
All right. So Hunter Green against the Cubs. Well, he's he's got a 4.68 ERA. He's got 69 strikeouts on the season. Nice. Um, Gomes has seen him once. Uh, well, I mean, two at bats, but he's he's seen him once. He's hitting 500. Uh, Hap has seen him five at bats. Uh, he's hitting 400. Nico Horner is hitting 333 against him uh, in six at bats. Both Hap and Horner have home runs against Hunter Green. Uh, Morrell is two for six. Let's see who else. Suzuki is one for five. That's basically nobody else has a hit off him. Basically, it's all zeros after that. Hunter Green is actually a pretty good pitcher, but he's young, and I don't think he's as good as he might be. Justin Steele has a two point two zero ERA right now. Uh, very very good pitcher. Uh, despite the advanced metrics saying that he shouldn't be this good, he's doing it, and I love it. Uh, Jonathan India has seen him the most. He's got nine at bats. He's got one home run against Justice Steele, but he's uh, only hitting 222. So it might have, no, it means he's got two hits. One of them was a homer. Um, Newman uh, is two for four. Sinzel is hitting 600. So he's. Uh, three for five, and Stevenson is two for four. So that's it. That's the only ones that have seen Steele on the Reds. It seems like there should be more than that, but with the quote-unquote balanced schedule, the Cubs don't see the Reds nearly as much anymore. It's only the second time this season they've seen them, I believe, and it's the first time at Wrigley. And since the Cubs are playing the Reds, let's do a quick shout out to our friend Billy DeVore, who has the new Nasty Boys podcast. Uh, it is a very enjoyable listen. I I listen to that quite often. Not all of them, but uh, anytime I'm like, oh man, I just need something kind of funny and offbeat. Man, I grab that one. They're uh, they're good. He's on. The, I'm I'm not sure what his co-host name is, but he's also a comedian. Fun to listen to, and you can learn a little bit about the Reds if that's something that you want to do. And Billy uh, is also uh, works for In The Clutch t-shirts at intheclutch.com where you can go and find awesome t-shirts like a uh, a Fly the W bear with his uh, penis hanging out. And um, I have a sweet Shy Feds shirt that I'm actually wearing right now. Um you know, they just have a lot of, they have some Negro League shirts. They have a lot of player shirts. Um, it, it's a really good company. They have a, a good selection of stuff and they are not afraid to put out some, you know, risque, funny, interesting stuff. As always, we will be on the shank list for this game. You guys can check in if you're uh, Patreon members, even if you aren't Patreon let your friends know that they can jump into the shank list itself and they can, you know, hang out with us. And I, you know, real quick, just want to say it's fun in the shank list. It's fun on the discord talking to Cubs fans who actually know what they're talking about. The Cubs right now are getting to a point where almost every move that they have made in the last like two or three weeks 
have been moves that people on Sun Ranto in the ranters have been calling for for a month. You know, like we saw it early. We saw where this team was going and what they needed and literally took them a month at least after we were already on it. Probably more than that. Probably more like two months. We knew where this team should have been. And, you know, the front office is mismanaging this club horrifically. And they just, you know, so it, it takes them a while to get there. They should be listening to Sunranto uh, because they would be, they would probably be better than they are right now. They probably would be an actual 500 team like they are trying to do because that's literally all they're trying to do. And they don't know how to do that. It's, it's frustrating. Anyway, I said this was going to be short. Apparently I was wrong, but whatever. I am out at home. Spurgo. Stuff. Hey Cubs fans, at Amazon.com do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sun Ranto Show by shopping through SunRanto.com slash stuff? All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to SunRanto.com slash and click any of our Amazon links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sun Ranto Show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping the Sun Ranto Show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the cups and other stuff. Plus, you could win a monthly prize. If some of your stuff. is chosen for Amazon stuff. of the month, and if you win, 